I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. Just a reminder for everybody, we are now on Facebook and Twitter if you want to keep up on, with us on uh, social media. And of course, we are out every other Tuesday on uh, iTunes and all your podcast networks, and of course, OrionValleyProductions.com. Today, we look at a movie that came out in 2006, but takes place in 2027 in London, all about um, infertility and trying to transport the last pregnant woman on Earth to a safe place. That's right, it's Children of Men. I'm joined with my special guest, Matt Simmons, today, and I hope you guys enjoy. Take it away. This movie's very underrated, I feel. I completely agree. Um, When you initially approached me to do this podcast, I thought I was going to struggle to pick a movie, but as soon as I thought about Children of Men, I I thought to myself, like, this movie does not get talked about enough, Mm-mm. and I think it should. There are spoilers going to be in, in this episode, so if you haven't seen it, um, please, uh, we implore you to go watch it, and then come back and listen. We are going through the entire story, spoilers and all, so you've been warned. Well, what what were the Oscar nominees that year yeah, that came out? This is, I'm glad you jumped into this, yeah. because this is what angers me. It did get three nominations for adapted screenplay, cinematography, and film editing, but... The fact that it's left at a best picture and best director, it just bewilders me. Like, I, I don't understand. No, yeah, I agree. I understand why it got um those nods, especially for editing and for adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. But, like, why wasn't, you know... Uh, like, I think... And, some, and the cinematography. Yeah, I like, all like three of those are pretty... The like, Queen was nominated that year, which mm-hmm. is a forgettable movie. Good performance by Helen Mirren, but forgettable movie. Babel. Oh, yeah, Babel. Preachy, uh-huh. forgettable movie, yeah. to me at least. I just don't understand how you can't what, well, sneak Children of Men in there. What else, so it was it, Was that the year that, like, Frost, Nixon... Oh, that was the year Milk and the Reader, right? No, that was 2008. Oh, okay. This was 2006, so Departed one. Oh, right. I'm fine with, but... Yeah. yeah. I think you had a little Miss Sunshine in there, too. Uh-huh. Good movie. I like that movie. It was, it was kind of a weaker year. Like, also that year, Pan's Labyrinth didn't get nominated oh, yeah. for Best Picture either. So, mm-hmm. all around a poop year for the yeah, Oscars, but... Yeah. <laughs> I digress. No, yeah, I. Yeah, people. People need to revisit Children of Men. Absolutely, and I'm glad we'll be talking. About it does. It, it does get pushed in the background a little bit because it is a. It's a smaller movie with yeah. um, a really big idea. Because I mean, it only had like a budget of like seventy thousand or something like. It's not seventy thousand. <laughs> seventy seventy six million and only yeah. made back seventy million. So it was. It was definitely yeah, not clearly a profitable movie. Unfortunately, no. I think probably maybe people were expecting a conventional action movie yeah. but this thing is anything but conventional yeah very very much like, so yeah it, it's unfortunate they didn't do well at the box office because it's it's such a fantastic movie. it is and i, I don't i mean it, it came out in in september so oh in in december for the u.s so i think like that year like yeah everyone was kind of focused more so on uh, the Queen and Battle and all those like all of those movies mm-hmm. that this one does it does kind of get pushed to the background it could be like just another people think of it as oh it's just another sci-fi action movie and it's just but it's but it's it really isn't you so know it's it's yeah. so different um so yeah like we said it re- uh, released in 2006 directed by Alfonso Cuaron who um, later on went to do um or three years when did Prisoner of Azkaban came out was two, years, yeah. two years, two years, two thousand four, two thousand four, I think, yeah. Okay, yeah, and which 
I think we talked about before is my favorite Harry mm-hmm. Potter movie. It's one of my favorites. It is so good. I it's... think he was a great choice to take mm-hmm. over for directing from Chris Columbus because he just brought this darker tone to yeah. it. The whole time travel sequences are awesome. Yeah, he was definitely yeah. the right person to put it in the in the direction it was supposed to go. Yeah, and then after that, Children of Men. But mm-hmm. then it wouldn't be till all the way till 2013, Gravity came out. Yeah, where he'd get his like, recognition. Yeah, come on, dude. Why, I, it's such a long. You know, gap. Yeah, I miss him in that gap. But gravity, of course, fantastic. It is amazing. He, yeah, he's very. Um, he has those breaks in between when he has the success. I feel mm-hmm. like, but he, when he does have the success, he packs he, incredible he gets, punch. Yeah, he won that Oscar for gravity. Yeah, deservingly. as well. He's as well. He yeah. should have. And uh, of course, I think this is. Um, it goes without saying, in my opinion, that this is one of the best performances of the early 2000s by Clive Owen. Yeah, I mean, I think you don't see him in much anymore. No, you really, really. don't. But, Which is sad. Yeah, because he's great in this movie. Very charismatic. He's mm-hmm. a great character to you know put your audience behind, yeah. so they can just. Which we'll get into in a yeah, little yeah. bit. Yeah, he um, he yeah he's he he was just the right choice for this. Um, also stars Julianne Moore, Michael Caine, Chiwetel Ejiofor, and I forgot, but Charlie Hunnam Charlie is, Hunnam is, is the in guy this with movie. The dreadlocks. That's right. I, I remember I when he came on. Too. When he came on, I was like, I recognize him, but I can't fully tell yeah. who it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 got a good cast of. Um, cast. I, th- I would imagine they all probably took significant pay cuts to be in this movie, but they all had the faith behind Likely, it to yeah. to um, like go forward with it. Because I mean, the script is fantastic. It, like, for it, sure. I mean, so yeah. like they get these guys are attracted to anything that's a good script. So I exactly. I give them props for being in it. It's based on the book um, "The Children of Men" by P. D. James. Interesting thing that's different about the book. Um, the movie takes place is about um, women infertility and that's mm-hmm. what the crisis is but the um, in the book it's men not being able to produce sperm right which is a very different take on it um, I, I feel I'm not I'm not sure how different it would have been necessarily for the whole over yeah, lane. I don't know that that's integral to like the story mm-hmm. I think just infertility in some way shape or form is kind of just yeah. scary to the human population you know to have the last person like this we said the movie takes place in 2027 yeah the last person was born i think it was like 2009 something it's like that like, well in the beginning it starts off the youngest person the, that died and he was 17 yeah. years old so it begins with the death of the youngest person mm-hmm. yeah so like 2009 2010 somewhere around there is when the last last human was actually yeah. born well just since you brought up the cast i was gonna know i didn't realize this but when i was going through looking at it um the miriam the character miriam the mm-hmm. lady that's the midwife uh is played by the same lady that played aunt marge in prisoner of Azkaban. oh really so, i didn't even i i don't know why but i thought she was someone yeah. it wasn't it was definitely not i did it didn't I wasn't occur to me that, watching yeah. the movie but when i went back and looked and i'm you know clearly alfonso cron probably brought her back and said hey you want to uh-huh. be in this movie too yeah so and she's great in children of Men. oh yeah she is she's really really good she posts a really good um amalgamation of, of kind of a theme that we'll talk about yes um so it's hard to place a genre on this movie i feel because it's technically on the surface it's like a sci-fi movie yeah. it's also kind of a thriller but i really think it is more dramatic than anything else yeah yeah labeling this just a sci-fi it, it's kind of a uh, untruth to it because you look at like just the landscape and it's not very futuristic at all people think sci-fi they automatically think like futuristic especially when it's taking place you know all the way in 2027 but they're very, you know, it, it, I think it's a more realistic future, which grounds the movie and makes it feel all the more realistic and yeah. scary that, you know, what if this happened? It doesn't seem like a future where it's so heaven, heavily, like, reliant on technology. Yeah. Like, you don't see, like, kind of the hovering cars or anything like that. Nothing you would like see that. in something like Blade Runner mm-hmm. or something. Um, 
it's very like it kind of has a like sort of feeling that it's futuristic but it's very different yeah you know um so i applaud the movie in in that sense but sure. yeah it's it's a very very different but it, the, at its core i feel like it's a drama that has a heavy message definitely as opposed to just yeah cool sci-fi stuff so the cinematographer for this movie is uh, Manuel Lubetsky, my personal favorite cinematographer. I mean, the man can do no wrong. The man really can three, do no more. Three, you know, home runs right in a row. Exactly. Gravity, Birdman, The Revenant. Like, mm-hmm. He is. He's um, fantastic. We'll push it under the rug that he was the uh, DP for Cat in the Hat. You know, that doesn't really <laughs> matter. You know, you got to get yeah. that paycheck sometimes. Um, but he... Um, it, um, Alfonso Cuaron really wanted to get the he loved the idea of single shots for this yes, movie like there's, like long, there's so many great incredible single shots mm-hmm. in this movie that are just like breathtaking how it's filmed but it, it he wanted it because it just worked with the fact of you know putting us in the seat mm-hmm. and it just worked for kind of the messy feeling of this whole world yeah it's almost kind of it's like a documentarian style yeah. you know it kind of reminds me of District 9 District 9 is like a very flat out documentary but it kind of feels like that like you're with these characters like experiencing Right in there, you know, right in the car when they're going through what they're going through. Absolutely. Um, This movie has a 92% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes with an average um, um, rating of 8 out of 10. Um, On Metacritic, it has an 84 out of 100 based on 38 reviews and pretty much garnered really, really good universal acclaim. Um, There's a list the BBC recently put out um, that pulled a bunch of critics that uh, tallies up the 100 greatest films of the 21st century. And Children of Men is 11 on that, which makes me very, very happy. No, that's good. The recognition yeah. it deserves. As yeah, and it, it sucks that it's it's getting it later on. Yeah. It didn't get it initially. It was well ahead of its time. Yeah, it's, it's great that the critics love it, but I just I think if you talk to the average person in the street, they wouldn't know this movie. Absolutely, I, I yeah. wish wish they would. It's if I remember it, my first uh, earliest recollection of this movie was my stepdad went to go see it, but I always remember it was just it was just a movie. Like mm-hmm. I remember it was. Um, like he loved it, but I always just remember it being like a movie that was out. Right. I don't remember anything super special about it personally. I don't like. To me, it was just it was a movie. It was that movie where Clive Owen is pushed up against a wall on the on the poster of it. That yeah. was all it was <laughs> to me. And I I first watched it. I think it was actually it was just last summer in 2017 that mm-hmm. I watched it for the very first time, and it was it was why I, like I was like why have I not seen this? Movie? Yeah, Oof. same same yeah. thing with me. I saw it probably three or four years ago. I think I got it in the mail on Netflix back when that was still a thing. <laughs> and I, I don't know how I ended up, you know, picking that one to see. But it, regardless, I saw it and I said, why does nobody talk about exactly, this movie? Exactly, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, it's just brilliant. Absolutely. So it's it's clear that we like it. And uh, so now we'll go through the movie in terms of its story and where it goes and what we like about it. So yeah. I think it's great that there isn't really you're not put in to the to this you're just put into this world you're not like given the prologue or right. that way of like you know nine years ago yes. we lost blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. like yeah it's, it doesn't hold your hand you know it doesn't yeah. do all this expositional dialogue you know it just jumps right in yeah. with the you know news flashes and you like, have to pay attention it's a good movie you just yes. have to listen at least um so we open with a one shot of, uh, of a coffee shop the youngest person has died baby diego he was eight 17 or 18 something 18, like I that think, yeah and um i what i love about this scene is it's a brilliant introduction to clive owen because um all he does is he's just trying to walk past yeah, everyone and get right he to doesn't the care about anything yeah. everyone else is transfixed to the tv is about baby diego's death he's just trying to get a coffee and it kind of introduces this theme we see of his character throughout like the first act at least of his indifference like he yeah. doesn't care he it's it's more so like and also the fact that he's a 
he's a father and he lost his um his son to this yes. early on and so he ha- kind of has already this just negative view on the world and it's this world is definitely not right for him and for sure. he um he yeah he's just trying to get through the day basically he doesn't care about uh, about all the world's problems right. he's really just trying to survive and just get through it's not a big event for him yes um and then um a really really great um very intense quick just like five seconds of just them he's walking down the street and then a bomb goes off right in the coffee shop where he just was exactly and it's it's like it's scary i remember and i love i don't know why this is such a small moment but the brilliance of this editing i think is great with timing because when uh the camera goes past and this woman is walking around carrying her own arm and then it just cuts automatically to the to the title because i think what's great about that is it doesn't linger on it too long Mm -hmm. it doesn't praise the violence it shows that it's there and that it's horrific and that it's a reality to these people and then boom you're into the movie movie, that's all you need to know it's a it's an immediate tone setter you know just right off the bat with like our protagonist was this close to dying yeah and so it immediately sets up the stakes of the movie and Yeah. yeah this tone and and also it just shows that this is it's not only you know it's a horrific event but it's kind of an everyday thing for them or it's it's more maybe not everyday but it's more common to them because it's not like this isn't the event that kicks everything off this isn't this is just a singular event it's a one thing that happens to them that like that they talk about later on but it's more so like this is the world that they live in Mm -hmm. with where violence is kind of encompassing them it's a brilliant intro i think i have to say the colors in this movie are fantastic i mean it's I want to. I kind of want to compare it to the road in the sense that it's very gray, uh-huh. but it's also there's more color in it even then. You know, I mean, like it, it the grayness kind of accents everything. For sure, it just yeah. it, it it makes great scenery. I feel like yeah, it it just adds to this kind of feeling of despair in the movie. You know, this this it just this world has become so dark for everyone. There's no hope left, but hope ends up being I think a pervading theme yeah. into you know being able to reach the future with a more positive outlook. Yeah, exactly. I also love, uh, so then he goes to, I think he works with the... He's in some, like, department, yeah. some governmental department. I want to say it said that, I, I want to say it was the Department of Energy, but I don't think it was. <laughs> it, it was something like that, yeah. you know, it's not really, it, all that you know is he's, like, a government worker, but yeah. he goes into work, everyone's still mourning about baby Diego. Mm-hmm. And, every, yeah, everyone's watching on their computer screens, just, like, crying, and he's just walking by, just trying to get to his yeah. desk, and he kind of doesn't want to... I, I think the reasoning behind him leaving work, you know, he's just like, oh, I need, I kind of want to just go home. I yeah. think he just didn't want to be around that. Like, I yeah, think he was he just kind of sick annoyed of it. by it almost. Yeah. yeah. So he had to go and um, he goes to meet his, um, when he's walking to meet Michael Caine's character, Jasper, it's very clear that we get, we get introduced to the theme of um, this, this society does not um, condone illegal immigration. Yes. And it, it's kind of, it's almost like, uh, although it's in, you know, it's 2027, it feels very much kind of like the, barracks of the holocaust and it just yeah they're all like the, the illegal immigrants are all in these cages there's the police with their dogs barking it's such a like a brutal just scene to look at these people just yeah. caged up like they're animals and you're expected to just move along just keep going yeah. it's that again is an everyday thing for them it's just you just have to keep going and get with get along in your day yeah so you can get home and go to sleep um and then we meet um Michael Caine's character Jasper, Jasper. one of my favorite yeah. Michael Caine performances yeah. ever. Michael Caine is the best at just like being sprinkled in a movie as like this kind of side character and just <clears throat> you know doing great with it. And he he's great in this movie. Yeah. Well, not only is I mean I it's it's very clear that he's very funny. Mm-hmm. Like he just has such great energy. Like I I don't know why, but I love when they're first talking, and he says like 
it's like oh is like he's like oh my ears are still ringing he's like well let me put on some music and the music is just like this really hard rock with like yeah. this one random person just like screaming in the yeah, background yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just loves it he is just so great in this he's a, but he's a great character they him and um clive owen have great chemistry they do together they just work i don't know if they have if they actually knew each other they met before but they if this was blind casting they got it right yeah. like it's it's a perfect as differences in generation but just perfect friendship yeah I think. it's it's clear right from the get-go that clive owen's character is just so reliant on michael kane's character like it's it's kind of revealed later on that like they're a main reason uh michael kane's character and his wife are like a main reason that he keeps on living yeah you know because he looks forward to these visits with them you know it's something that gives him Mm -hmm. hope in in his desolate world and it's kind of the only thing that's like stayed true um that has like been sustained from their breakup from clive owen's breakup with julie uh julianne moore's character because they said they used to come all the time with their son dylan but now like that seems like their relationship has kind of sustained the yeah it's passage of time it's it's uh his relationship with michael king's character is what kept him you know grounded through all the trouble of you know the his Mm -hmm. divorce and his son dying yeah so Julianne Moore um, enlists the help of Clive Owen to getting just initially just to get transfer papers. Yeah, for they, this they kidnap random... him in like a van, like the characters, and then she you know reveals like sorry for the theatrics, but you know with the police breathing mm-hmm. down our necks and everything. So yeah, yeah. Julianne Moore's character is um, like the leader of this terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. They don't think of themselves as terrorists. They're obviously. called the Fishes. The Fishes. Yeah, and yeah, so they enlist Clive Owen's help to get, as you said, the transit papers. Yes. Um, and yeah, the fishes are known. They're the ones they're, they're seen as terrorists. But I mean, I guess they would be classified as terrorists, but they're the ones that are against the British government trying to get equality for all um, British citizens and mm-hmm. um, what they call as Fugees or refugees, which yeah. took me a minute to actually kind yeah, of figure out, which is kind of like, I don't know if you're familiar with the Fugees, the group with, um, uh, no, it doesn't matter. But anyway, <laughs> they're a band like they were big in the nineties. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, is that is that their? Lauren the... Hill was in it. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh yeah. With Lauren Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was, that was her group. Oh, that's Fugees. cool. Was their name based on this, or was it just like the? It just was kind just of like thing? refugees. Fugees mm-hmm. is a thing that's been. I think it's more of a yeah, probably British term mm-hmm. or like a European term. We don't really use it here. But yeah. 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 Anyway. Um. So and there's also um we know there's also Islamic uprisings going on right. Islamic terrorism so there's a lot of it it feels very relevant to today yeah now. with all this talk of illegal immigration yeah Islamic terrorism mm-hmm. it's like it it just feels like such a relevant movie for absolutely today. so there's a lot of violence going on and through all of this um we find out that um we'll we'll, we'll get to this in a second yeah so. Clive Owen has to go enlist the help of his cousin. Yeah, his cousin is like this high upper person in like the Department of Transportation or whatever. He's yeah. like he's very rich. He's got a you know, when he goes and visits him, he's got a bunch of art, like famous pieces of art, like yeah. the David is But he I love he just has like clothes like just kind of uh-huh. strewn over the the statue it's just like yeah it's there it's cool it's just like you know? it's there yeah. yeah what's what i also like about this scene is that um as opposed to earlier in the movie when we first get the first single shot it's very you know it seems very handheld and it has a little bit of a shake value to it yeah. but when he enters his brother his cousin's like apartment it's extremely still yeah and that kind of shows a difference in like all posh and mm-hmm, whatnot. Yeah, yeah very much different in kind of in class so it's it's very still and very kind of proper whereas down on the streets it's absolutely chaos which i think was a cool touch yeah, that they yeah, did yeah. with it 
Um, just jumping back real quick because I missed in my notes. Um, just we talked about the indifference of Clive Owen's character. There's just two quotes he says that I think are so funny. So after he'd been kidnapped and they're bringing him back, Julian Moore's group, the one guy's like threatening him. Yeah. Charlie Hunnam's character's threatening <laughs> yeah. him like, don't blah, 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 blah. Don't do this. We'll, we'll be watching you. Yeah. And he goes, your breath stinks. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just doesn't care about being threatened. He's just like, your breath stinks. Yeah. I love, also, I love in that part where in the very beginning, they're like, the fishes are, um, are trying to like do the right thing. We are against the British government and want equality for all. And he's like, um, the and he's like, oh yeah, we stopped. Bo-, and Julian Moore's like, yeah, we stopped bombing. You know, back in like two thousand, back in like you know two thousand twelve. And they're like, so what do you do? The the fishes are against the British government. He's like, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> he's just so pissed. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then another great line when he's going to visit his cousin. He's going like through the security or whatever. And the one guy's like emptying his pocket and stuff and then he's like oh you got something in your teeth to just like the security guard guy <laughs> just he just doesn't clearly yeah, care yeah. about authority at all exactly like, he's just so indifferent he doesn't answer to anybody he's yeah. just like pretty much by himself so his he lies to his cousin and he says um that he needs to transport he's he met someone and he needs to transport like her the random girl's like family yeah, like, member or something like that because he's dying and he needs yeah. to get to the hospital or something like that but he um, is only able to obtain joint papers. And uh, the interesting thing about this scene, apparently, um, well, first, I think this is the only issue that I saw with the movies that the high rise is it's supposed to be a high rise. So the scenery outside is very like is an overview of the skyline. It's very green screen. And at oh. some points you can kind of see like in um, you can kind of see the lines where the green screen is like right. that through his hair and like it's a small thing but it was noticeable yeah, 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 to me yeah uh, yeah if it sticks out it sticks out yeah, totally. yeah and also his um i think it's like his son alex is like tapped into this like he's got this weird like rubik's cube type thing yeah he's playing i don't with with it but like his hand con- it's it's this weird like minority report type like it, hand yeah control. i don't know what it is but it's it, weird it does kind of show you like that that's like the biggest thing it's like oh this is the future here's a you know an uprise here's in technology thing. yeah and i think it kind of also serves to just show that people are distracted and they try to look for these distractions because the world is you know yeah everyone's kind of ex- no one wants to accept it but humanity is going to die if nothing changes so they want to distract themselves with these technology these toys these the art yeah know? exactly and, but then clive Owen's character uh, he says something along the lines of like what's the point why did you, why do you have all this art why bother yeah you know, exactly it's all gonna be gone in 100 years yeah exactly and he's like well i just you just keep going you know essentially yeah. or like he doesn't he tries not to think about it i think is what he says yeah something like that which is very interesting yeah they just try and keep distracted um, than what's going on right now, which I think is really interesting. I think uh, immediately after this, they uh, he meets up with Julianne Moore. Again, yeah, and because he agrees to do it with this joint transit paper, which means yeah. he has to go with the refugee. Mm-hmm. Um, and is this when they meet yeah. Key, or this is when yeah, they get in the car? Where, they take the, tr- uh, the bus, they go right into the car with Key, who is the refugee that they're trying to mm-hmm. uh, transport. When they're on the bus, actually, Julian Moore says something really interesting that gives them a little... We find out that they were together mm-hmm. and that they had a son that passed away. And she's like, you know why I can't... Like, it's hard for me to look at you because you have his eyes. And it shows that they're both still hurting from they're this. They're both still hurting. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's something that will always stay with them. And that gives it a little bit more understanding to Clive Owen's character that, like, he's not just some asshole. He actually, like, like was affected by the this. The death of his son just beat him down into the yeah. shell of the man he once was, like, in... He, he struggles to find a reason to go on. Mm-hmm. You know, they introduced earlier in the movie this quietus thing. It's like a suicide kit the government hands out. And you wonder at points if 
um you know if clive owen's character ever considered this kit but and but i i think as i said earlier the thing that keeps him going is his friendship with jasper uh-huh. um but because yeah after the death of his son you just th- this character just lost everything yeah he lost his wife too in that process yeah and he lost like just all hope for the world so now it's yeah. just like a day-to-day thing um so we meet we get we he gets into a van we meet um chuatel edgeofort's character um, his name is Luke. Yes. And we meet the refugee supposed to transport. Her name is Key. I love her. She's yes. really funny. I love how she she also kind of I mean she cares about her um like she cares about the task at hand, but she clearly just has she also kind of has really no sense of authority. Yeah, she's this childlike figure. Mm-hmm. She's clearly very young and very innocent. Um, and then yeah. we also meet in the car is the character Miriam, who is a former midwife, the kind of person that's like taking care of Key. Yeah sticking by her side Mm -hmm, yeah and she um she has some funny little mannerisms but she um i think is important for um the whole idea of faith that's presented in this movie and like religion itself she is very religious she's yeah kind of the grounds of the whole themes of religion Mm -hmm. within the movie yeah yeah um so then we are so clive owen takes a quick nap and now we are in what begins the one of the best long shots oh, yeah. in the movie, if not of all time. It, yeah. it, it um, We are driving down. It's like seven minutes long or something like that. We it's are just, incredible. We are driving down, and Julianne Moore and Clive Owen are playing this game where they spit a ping pong ball yeah, at each it's, other. It's this moment of lightheartedness. Like, they're spitting the ping yeah. pong ball back and forth, and she's like, oh, I can only do this with you. And then, like, they're almost, like, kind of kissing at one mm-hmm. point, and it's it's this moment of, like, happiness, finally. Exactly. But then an immediate tone shift. Yeah, to this um, uprising of people. A car comes down blocking the road that's on fire, yeah, on and fire. all of these people begin to ambush him. So Chiwetel forth driving the car, puts in, it in, in reverse, reverse, and this one shot begins of absolute, utter chaos and fear yeah, that all these to this day... chasing them. To this day, I just watched this movie last night, mm-hmm. is extremely tense. Yeah. And even though I know the outcome of it, I'm still just like... You know, I, I just, the first time I watched this movie, my mouth was just like open during yeah. this whole sequence because it's all one shot and it's just incredibly filmed. It feels so real, yeah. like how a car chase would be. So he's driving backwards. There's motorcycles coming after them. Yeah. And then... And it's not a big overblown action thing. No, There's no music going on, right. which the music is perfectly placed in this movie because mm-hmm. it's not placed really in moments of huge action the like the action speaks for itself the music is placed in the moments of subtle drama that's and that's where it's accented to come out and so i think that is done like really really well because i mean the silence of it makes it feel even more real Mm -hmm. without the music and the action it just it just makes you feel like you're more there Yeah, just so tense and in this scene um tragically julianne moore's character gets shot and she is killed which is a obviously a huge shock yeah i think we're at like the 30 minute mark in this movie yeah and you're probably your most famous actress actor in this movie is dead yeah which obviously adds to the shock value of it is like no way they killed julianne moore's character already Mm -hmm. I, totally I wasn't expecting it when I first watched yeah. it. And yeah, it was, it was, I mean, even last night it was just like, oh wow. Yeah. That's what I forgot. She's, she's only in it for a very short amount of time, but yeah. still gives a really good performance. I feel she, I mean, she, I think she's good in pretty much anything. Oh, I, for sure. I, I she's love a her. Fantastic actress. Um, so they get back, they find a quiet area where they can just kind of uh, settle down for just a minute. And then they, uh, bury Julianne Moore's body. And I, I love the moment Clive Owen, goes to walk off for a minute just to like kind of calm down and take a cigarette and he just breaks down yeah. right then and for just a solid like 10 15 seconds yeah it's a very small moment there's no dialogue there's no it's not really integral to the story but it means a lot for his character because yeah, it, up until this point we haven't seen really any like emotion other than just indifference yeah he, he finally like this is 
what broke him you mm-hmm. know he already had lost her once now he lost her like For, forever yeah exactly and it's done just so well but then it's um, interrupted but it is it is perfect timing this movie is timed and paced almost like perfectly yeah. there's no the downtime isn't boring the high stuff isn't too much it's not too fast yeah. and it everything just flows it just so locks well. you in grabs your attention the entire time and so yeah like uh during this whole chase sequence Chiwetelage of Force character ends up killing two police officers, uh-huh. which you know causes them to all be on the news later and uh-huh. know, be on the run. But as, as you said, they they get back to this safe house mm-hmm. um, where the rest of the fishes are. Yeah, and uh, we find out through uh, like Key calls um Clive Owens, uh Clive Owens character. His name is Theo. Yeah. Um, Cly- calls him back and says um. Uh, hey, I want to talk to you. And she takes off her robe, and we realize she is pregnant. She's she pregnant. is the um, last, or I guess the only person on on Earth who is pregnant, yeah, and the it, first pregnant person in eighteen years. Yeah. So it, it's she's integral to the existence of humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now Clive Owen, I feel his is now this is the inciting incident, the blatant switch for his character. Right. He realizes what's at stake. Yes. Not only he realizes what's at stake, but how this could literally change the world. For sure. And it hasn't come into the fact that it gives him hope just yet. There's it's it's there's a light inkling, but it right. grows later on. But yeah, right now it's like, oh, this could like it shows that you no, know, maybe everything's gonna be okay. And he talks with the rest of the fishes and he says, Well, why don't you make it public? But everyone's like, No. And Yeah, they're all against that. They wanna keep this secret. They wanna deliver key to this group called the Human Project yeah. who have this boat. That they want to get her to yeah the tomorrow yes which i which I, I actually think that scene is done really well because i think that both sides of the argument have very good points mm-hmm. if you you know keep it silent and have her safe no one's going to come after her the government's not going to use her baby to you know exploit their own um uses but you know making it public can give a lot of people hope and like restitution in the world right but their yeah their fears if you make it public then suddenly the baby's in danger yeah all of them are in danger also the fact that even then key being a fuji herself also doesn't help right the and whole they even thing. say like if the government got their hands in the baby they would probably try to tr- pass off the baby as a person from the uk yeah or london um you know as a political move exactly and key's very like my my baby will not be a political tool you know mm-hmm. like yeah so she decides to stay in this area this like, um, safe house and stay. have her baby there yeah and then move on to the boat exactly so Charlie Hunnam's character comes back and says, and we find out through Clive Owen kind of sne- he's sneaking around at night. Like yeah. he's already supposed to be in bed, but he's sneaking around yeah. at night. Which I did forget about. I remember, I remember watching this, and I was like, so why were the why did the uprising actually happen? I was like, oh well, there's like they talk about people who are the repenters and like yeah. all these other people. Maybe it was them, but then yeah, I remember. So we find out that Chutel Ejiofor's character, um, Luke, and Charlie Hunnam's character. I can't remember his name. I don't remember his name. Um, but. They say that they caused the uprising with um, these people from the Human Project or other fishes, I think they were, and they planned to kill Julian Moore yeah, to the, get them the back Julian here. Yeah, the reason Julian Moore is dead is because of uh, yeah Charlie Hunnam's character. He was the one on the motorcycle that shot her. Yeah, and um, and he's really distraught because the guy on the motorcycle that when Clive Owen kicks the door open back in that sequence. Um, his I think it was his brother. His brother, cousin, yeah. yeah, who died because of Clive Owen. Yeah, so he he's really really angry at, at him. But it's a it's that is a really good twist that I yeah. don't that I definitely didn't see coming on the first. Yeah, the it's first it's time. just like the movie hits you back to back with like the, just the fact that Julian Moore's character is dead, but then that her death was because of these people that yeah. were supposed to be her colleagues. 
But what's really great is that, so we find out that um, uh, Luke wants to use the baby for their own means, yeah. which is exactly what he said the government would do if they found out. So that gives him a really good, you don't expect him to be the bad guy. Right. Because he's, you know, like going against his own morals, you know, obviously faking it, but it does get in your head like, oh, okay, he is for the, the betterness of the baby. But like, no, he's really not. No, he's not. And so, then they also reveal in this that they, next, the next day they would kill Clive Owen's character. Yeah, exactly. And so he's like, oh crap, we got to get out of here. Yeah. And he, and that is a really good way. Like it gives really good reasoning as to why they need to leave. It's not like he's just taking matters into his own hands or if he just took matters into his own hands, you know, we would, the audience would just be like, well, it would just be better if they stayed there, yeah. you know, then you would just have to kind of suspend your disbelief and be like, okay, they need, they, maybe he's right. You know, they could exploit the world, but like, no, they will kill him and probably do something like, you know, awful a key. So the, it makes for real danger. Right. Which, again, is just a, a great moment to praise the screenplay of this movie because it's so well thought out. For sure. And is, is planned to a T. So I don't know why, but I love the scene when they're trying. So they try and uh, get. So they get in the car. Yeah. The, and he goes, gets Key and Miriam and they sneak out and they're tr- he's trying to he like takes like the one of the some of the equipment out of the one car to like yeah. deactivate it. And then they sneak up to the next car and they're trying to get out of the space. And then is this whole sequence is like this slow car chase. Almost. Yeah. It's this weird sequence that doesn't feel like it should work on paper, but is so tense. It is. It is. It works so, so tense. Yeah. And almost like, I feel like there's, it, it almost like also on paper could almost seem comical. Yeah. Like you could make this really funny, but it's done so because what's great is that the human characters can, run up to this car that they're trying to jumpstart because so it's going so they slow can't get the car to start so they're just rolling it down the hill yeah and it, it you're just you're and he's trying to push the car and put it in neutral and then start it and it's just you just want them to like just yeah, go, like, go, go 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 oh, yeah go yeah they keep, so they're rolling down the hill and then they're all running after them and then they slide at the bottom and then he's still pushing it and then mm-hmm. it starts going ahead and then he's got to run. It's, it's so tense. Yeah. Like, ah. It's, it's, it's just, it's staged so well. Yeah. And it, I think that they also got the location. Like really, really mm-hmm. like they, uh, that's on point in this movie too. So, um, so like we said, key and Miriam, just, uh, they agree that they'll go with um, Theo and they'll try and get, they'll try and get to um the tomorrow on their by their own means so they go to of course the three of them yeah run jasper's, off and house. jasper's house yes and uh i love how um excited and happy jasper is when he finds out that key is pregnant mm-hmm. he is just over the moon this is he knew that this was happening because he said in the beginning that he believed in the human project right. he was the source of hope in uh, uh <clears throat> theo's life like even if theo didn't have the hope he saw like the hope in jasper and jasper yeah. was this character that was like always looking forward to the future exactly mm-hmm. And he and but Theo was just like, yeah, the human project, that's not a thing. You know, it's just absolutely right. it's a myth. It, it, it's not it, it doesn't make sense. And it's you really know? astounding Jasper can have this hope because while we're at Jasper's house, both times his wife, um, there's hintings that she was tortured by the government for being uh-huh. a photojournalist. And so she's kind of in this catatonic state, like she's still alive, but she's yeah. just completely dead. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't hundred percent sure what happened to her, but I, I like that they don't explicitly say yeah. it. You know, you kind of have to put it together in your own head. I was just basing that on they pan over the one newspaper and it said like, photojournalist might be a, you know, something about being tortured, uh-huh. so victim I, of torture. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, that's a really interesting thing, and I love that he still holds on to her love. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to lose it, and he he just constantly cares for her but he's such an optimistic character yes that it just it, it just this, works even this doesn't bring him down he's still just looking in the hope 
for everything. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's great. This movie also has, you know, glimmers of optimism. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, especially at the end, but like, you know, Jasper's character will give you those light moments and yes. be like, yes, we can. I mean, you know, his favorite thing to do is to ask someone to pull his finger. And, like that's... Yeah, and farting. <laughs> yeah, but like, he's just... He's got a bunch of weed. Exactly. Like, he's, he's just this guy who's still like... Just he loves his strawberry life. cough. Yeah. That's like his favorite thing. He's <laughs> so weird. Um, so their plan is to go find this um, police officer named Sid that will meet them at this elementary school. Yeah, they find out that tomorrow will be stopping at two different dock points. The one, the first one, they won't make it in time, and the second one is in a refugee camp. Yeah, so they actually have to break into this this kind of prison, if you but, will. Yeah, so as you said, the, this guy Sid uh, knows Jasper, so Jasper will, you know knows this guy and they'll he'll be able to get them into the refugee camp. exactly and what's what's really cool is it's not like it this story while complicated in themes and deep in themes is not necessarily complicated in execution no it's very it, like we gotta go here go here yeah we gotta go here go here it's very you know start at a go to b go to c finish at d you know it, yeah. it, they have a clear you know stop and it is kind of a journey movie there isn't it isn't like so deeply metaphorical or like very overcomplicated as they probably could have taken it but they made it that everything in this movie i feel like is just right and everything is um just everything about it is so well executed the story like i said is so well planned while being so simple at the same time Mm -hmm. you know like you could pretty much sum up this movie it's just like you know okay they have to get to a they have to get to here there so they have to get they can go this way but they can't so, so they therefore, try, they have yeah, to go this, this way. way. But there's this in the yeah. way. Obstacles, obstacles. Yeah. So on paper, it's just like, oh, that's a simple movie, you know? But it's there's so much more there's to it. so much more. And, like, part of that, uh, one of my favorite sequences, it, while they're in Jasper's house before they leave for the refugee camp, um, Clive Owen's character is around the corner, and he listens in on Jasper telling Key and Miriam about his son and how he died. And just the facial acting from Clive Owen, he's not saying anything in the sequence, uh-huh. you're just watching his character listen to it, and you can, it, it's it's some really powerful stuff. It is, and it, it, you can totally see minute, or second by second, beat by beat, that it's all coming back to him. Yeah. And he is, he do, it does feel like he is reacting to it in real time, and I guess that is a real beauty and a, a testament to Clive Owen's acting. He yeah. was perfect for this part. So they settle in for the night, but then the alarms start to go off. Luke has found them. Yeah, the fishes are about to break into Jasper's house, mm-hmm. so they're, they they got to get away quick. Mm-hmm. So Jasper helps them set up the car and go on their way. But he says that you guys can go on without me. Mm-hmm. Make sure to tell, say to Sid that he's a fascist pig. Yeah, and he <laughs> it's says, like the code okay. word. Yeah, he's like, okay, I'll be okay, though, you know. And I um, so they drive away, but then they're able to actually see it from this little vantage yeah. point so before luke and all them can show up he uses the suicide kit on his like i guess euthanasia at this point on his wife you know helping uh-huh. her reach his peaceful end and yeah. then luke and the rest of the fishes show up and unfortunately kill jasper yes um i think i honestly think it was a very i it was a very touching thing that he did for his wife i mean granted he did kill her but at the same time it was like it was kind of a it very was so they could be together he knew that his outcome was probably not going to be good yeah. with these fishes coming in to get him. Um, and so, you know, he just didn't want her to suffer. Yeah. And then even till the end, he's still joking. He does the pull my finger line again. Yeah. That was very, I mean, that I feel like made it even more hard. Like it was full circle, but it made it even more like kind of heartbreaking. Cause like you really wanted him to make it. It didn't seem like he was going to make it, but at no, the same yeah. time it was just like, Oh, like 
he's still you know he still had hope he yeah. was still joking and theo is very very upset yeah and miriam, miriam says tries to console him and he's just like get, get your hands off yeah, don't touch me like, like why give me a reason for that you know yeah. don't like it's all part of a divine plan all things that he did not want to hear yeah it was miriam the, is trying to like spout her religious stuff and clive Owens, he's just like no no yeah. I, not right now exactly um so they get in the car and they head off to yeah. the refugee camp. Mm-hmm. Yep, they meet up with Sid, and he gives them uh, uh he gives them a ride. And uh, Sid's uh, honestly in the beginning, he's a weird. He's character. a very weird. He talks in the third person, yeah. for seemingly no reason. Yeah, and he um, <laughs> I don't know why he does. I don't but... know either. But he, I don't know why, but he uh, every every time they got a shot of him, I always thought he looked like Brian Cranston. Yeah, he's he got, looks like... a little bit like it, especially in like season two of Breaking Bad yeah. when he just has the mustache. the mustache. Yeah. So he, I always thought he kind of looked <laughs> like him. Did. But yeah, he's so weird. So then um, he starts to have contractions. It's very clear that the baby is, you he's know, is coming way. alive, which yeah. makes tensions even like even greater. Like adding to all this trouble. Like now we got this. To yeah, exactly. Um, so they get in, they get inside and Sid, this was my favorite moment for Sid. He's like, all right, um, so you're gonna go here. You'll meet this woman named uh, oh, what's her name? What's the crazy woman's name yeah, with the dog? I can't remember. She's like this gypsy woman. Yeah, her name starts with an M. I don't remember. It's like the, it's like a Russian Greek type. Something, yeah, uh, Eastern European name. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Um. So Marika, I think it's Marika. M A R I C H K A. Marik. Yeah, Marika. 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 Something. Like I don't that. know. Um. Yeah, I think I think it's Marika. But so. Uh, they say you're gonna find uh, Marika. She has a dog, and just remember, you're in a you're in a camp. So it's like, show me, um, show me sad face. You know, yeah, like <laughs> you're just, in a refugee camp. Look like sad face. Yeah. Like, so, oh, that's good. Yeah, he's such an oddball character. He's oh my god, he's yeah. ridiculous. Um, so they make it, and her her water breaks on the bus, and that actually saves her. And I like so that yeah. the bus stops, and like there's um, this guy interrogating people, mm-hmm, and they get like Miriam, and she is, she's yeah, she's like praying to she's like gabriel saving like spouting like a bunch of religious stuff and the guy interrogating her doesn't want any of that so he's like punching her yeah and drags her off the bus yeah so and but like the fact that her water broke kind of saved them yeah, and, and be he was, like yeah he's about to do the same to key like what's yeah. wrong with you because she's like, still like having contraction pains yeah but he's like oh look she yeah she she went to the bathroom and he's like oh that's disgusting yeah, he, you know, he, like Clive Owen's yeah. like oh it's, it's pee it's pee and he goes you refugees yeah. disgust me and then he leaves so but because you, the water broke yeah she's yeah. saved you can kind of like pin like connect the fact that Miriam left to another way of losing hope for Key because Key hasn't right. really lost anything yet this was like where she kind of lost something like they took actually a piece of her yeah, away this from was her. like her her person that was guiding her through this this person yeah. who was you know so faithful in her religion um miriam's character was and then to take her away from key it yeah it's like her her rock exactly it was and it was in, a, in an instant they threw the bag over her head and it was she was gone. She we gone we didn't see what happened happens. we have by the end of the movie we still don't know what happened yeah so. which i'm i'm honestly okay with that it makes it even yeah. more like kind of real. Like, like yeah real like, and like powerful you it it's you just gone in an instant you never know what what happens yeah um so they they find uh, marika and they get their own uh place and she has the baby and it is the a the whole birth sequence is, is another beautiful. one shot that's just like yeah some, th- this is the most words. i think it's just a a beautiful moment honestly as much i mean it's a i mean it's obviously it's a painful moment because it's labor but at the same time it just it is showing this is where i think theo has his hope yeah come back to him that this everything may be okay right things may be right with the world and it 
you know, he hasn't held a baby in his hand since his own. Since his son died, so this it gives him hope again because you know, like he's holding a baby again. It, 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 it it's a aw- it's awoken him. You know. Yeah, it's, exactly. Um, hope it's, for the future. It's it's so well done. Yeah, another great one shot, and I love that Key is able to joke with him at the end, just like throwing quips about his name, and he's like, right. "Oh yeah." <laughs> what did she want to name him like at first? Frawley or some, Frawley? Because I, I think I guys... think his last name is Frawley. I think his last name is Theo Frawley. I think his oh, name is Theo Frawley. That's why. Okay. And um, <laughs> and he goes, "No, no, that's not have... true. It's Theo Farron." Yeah, his I don't know where she got Farron. the name Frawley from. Yeah, but, but he, he goes, just... "You can't name the first baby born eighteen years." Yeah, Frawley. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it has that's another like really it's great like nice moment of levity. Moment, yeah. yeah. Um, so they wake up the next day and Sid finds him. He's like, okay, we got to go. But he sees the baby and he takes it into his own means. So now he becomes yeah, in he, an, immediately Sid, the enemy. Yeah. Sid realizes since the government's looking for these two, the fishes are looking for these two. They, he could clearly make out on the good end yeah. of this. If he like, and he, he has, and they said that he said that there was going to be a reward for them. Right. So they would give them a lot. Of, so, but they're able to escape in, um, uh, a, thanks to the help of, um, uh, Marika. Marika. Yeah. Yeah, he like she hits him with like this piece of wood. Yeah, and, like, yeah, and they're able to just run. And that this was another moment they're running down the hall, and the door is only the door, like, like is jammed, so like they can only get open a little bit of the way. So mm-hmm. Marika gets out first, and you're still not 100 percent sure whether or not you can trust Marika. Yeah, and then Key has to hand her baby through the door. Yeah, exactly. And at this moment, I'm thinking like this lady's just gonna run off with the baby. Uh huh. Luckily, luckily she didn't. She, didn't. <laughs> she didn't. But it was another thing where it was like just go. It's like that scene in Inception where he's in where um. Cobb is running down this alleyway and the alleyway is getting narrower and right. narrower and he's just trying to itch through and you're just like, go, yeah, go, yeah, go, yeah. go. Or like in uh, the fourth Harry Potter with the bushes coming in. Oh, yeah. The last, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, but he's able to beat, um, he hits, uh, he had said like with the, and over it's the like head this, with something I don't even know what it like is but it's a metal thing yeah and just the, oh it's just like boom yeah and he's, and he's gone he's gone yeah oh. and it was just like it was it was brutal but it was like it was so fast it was just yeah. gone you know and it, it, it just added to yeah, it yeah this it made movie it, is full of just moments that happen so quickly like you don't even have time to process it. you're like yeah. whoa, 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 what this yeah is- and now we're just going and we're moving on yeah, but it so. makes it makes you more with the characters mm-hmm. and now begins my personal favorite part of the entire movie it is a seven minute long shot of just absolute chaos and it's anarchy insanity and this was enough this was the first time in the movie and even still watching it again last night it was like it starts and then when it's still going we're only in it's like a minute and it was like oh wait this is still just one it's shot still going yeah it's incredible even like, through dialogue because yeah. it like they get you know luke and charlie hunnam they like get them and it's like yeah, oh so. is your baby okay and he's trying to comfort her, but it's like it's still just going and it's insane yeah so like the three of them are escaping luke and uh charlie Holmes character i'll find them yeah they like take key away um charlie Holmes character is about to kill um uh, uh theo. theo but then the government shows up there's like so much going on in this all three of camp. them mixed together you got the you got the you fishes got- you got the um, Islamic terrorists, and you have the government yeah, all I don't even fighting know that each the other. Islamic terrorists, so much as just like refugees uprising. Yeah. Well, um, I saw they had like Islamic. They did signs. have the Islamic stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know necessarily. May, yeah, maybe, but they're like. There's, but yeah, yeah, nonetheless. Yeah, there's uh, the, everything the is just coming together of against each other in this one moment. Yeah. And it is just like boom, the shit has hit the fan oh, over sure. and over and over so, again. In. Yeah five seconds and so he is running from literally from yard to yard to yard and you are with him the entire yeah, time he's trying to avoid bullet fire he's you know there's people in the way there's mm-hmm. 
and tanks he, blowing up buildings. He it's, goes from everywhere. He goes from like in the middle of the street to um like an alleyway yeah. to on a bus to in the building all the way up through the and building. It's all one shot. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, honestly. It's and fantastic. And it, it's just it's riveting, even though, again, as much as I have I've seen this movie and I know the outcome, yeah, you're you just still hoping. And you're still like, oh my God. And you're just, because there's something to see everywhere each time that you just look at it in a different way. And when he's like, he's running up the, this building just exploded. Yeah, a tank just blew like a chunk of it up. Like the yeah. whole second floor is like gone. So he's just running and you're kind of with him. Like he's seeing people whose body parts have been blown off yeah. and you, he doesn't have time to he process time it. So to, like, you don't. Mourn for any of this. It's just all this imagery going by. Like oh, this guy's dead lying there. His like a significant other is right by there. Yeah. Mourning over them. And there were, this was the moment for me where it was like, this guy, he's just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. He's not a superhero. He's not like a very sp- significant guy in society. He's just a rando. Yeah. And he was literally just 24 hours ago. Just, just sitting in his office. Just Yeah, just sitting in his office and trying to, or not, it was more just like going, going in, in the day, car yeah. with his, um, with his, you know, significant other. and But now it's just, it's gone. Yeah. And it's all gone absolutely not so fast. Chaos. And he travels up the up the building and he finds key with Chiwetel Ejiofort and he's saying that listen like it didn't have it doesn't have to be this way like it can be okay but he's like, and the only thing he's like give me the like we need him we need the baby and the only thing he says to him is like it's a, it's girl, a girl which i think is great because it's like it i don't it, anything you say to me it doesn't matter yeah. like i don't care what you say to me we you are not and you're not going to get out of this alive but this baby will mm-hmm. and that's all that matters and then the shot ends and it's oh, yeah it's so incredible it's so but he found key again in the baby and so he's getting them away um they go down the hallway and then the baby's crying a lot yeah. so everyone in the hallway realizes there's a baby here yeah and they all just stop and are just staring and it's, yeah key and Theo are walking by they're all like trying to touch the baby they're trying to touch key this is a fantastic sequence it's, in that it is it, i think that if not for a singular moment, people realizes now like faith has been restored. Yeah, if hope not, is back for all these people immediately, just like yeah, that. Like at the like the soldiers coming up, they stop. Fire has been has ceased. Yeah, as soon as like the first soldier, like the the, the government soldiers see the baby, they're like, oh, cease fire, cease fire. Yeah, and even all of them are just awestruck mm-hmm. by this. But baby. The, and it's only for a moment. Mm-hmm. It's and, and then everything goes back. I'm as actually as soon as they're outside, there another sh- like a shot happens, and then it's just back to war. Yeah, I, I think well, I I actually kind of like that because if it just ended there and everyone be like oh everyone just put down their arms and was yeah. happy i feel like it would have just taken away from the realism that this movie yeah. was trying to go for i think that the fact that everyone was quiet and was hopeful for a minute and then went back mm-hmm. adds to it cuz it they, i think it they realized that this is going to go on for a while yeah and even then we see they get to the boat and they're going away and airships blow up the area that they right. were just at so the war is going to go on f- for forever so it at that point, you realize, like, you are still feeling kind of distraught. You're like, well, maybe they were, everyone was wrong. Right. That either way, that this baby, it's not going to, it's not, it's not going to matter. And we see that Theo is shot and and he passes away peacefully and it's heartbreaking. So you're, yeah. it, you're almost thinking, like, and Key's alone with their baby. You think, like, oh, this is just not going to go well. And it is kind of like a like thought, like, yeah, you're kind of like, maybe this will be a sad ending. Maybe there's no hopeful yeah. way to come out of it. But then you then, see the tomorrow, the comes. and I think that even though after all of this, 
that yeah. is the inkling. The the whole final sequence is just incredible. So they get out of the building. Uh, they find Marika again, and she brings him to this boat. And who, by the way, is ke- has kept her dog with her yeah. the entire time, which is, <laughs> which is just funny. ridiculous. But, so she gets them to the boat, and they're they're paddling out. And then, yeah, you see, you didn't realize, but Luke shot, yeah, Clive Owen's car- uh, Theo. And so once he's finally in the boat, he's bleeding everywhere. And they get out to the buoy, and right as Clive Owen's character is dying, the last thing he hears is from Key, and she says she'll name the baby Dylan. Dylan, which was... Yeah. Theo's baby. Exactly. Son. So I think he died. He did die peacefully yeah. and kind of like with. He had a very good complete arc. Yes. He, um, you know, he died with at least some hope that everything's going to be fine. That he made an impact on the world. Yeah, and and then the fact that the tomorrow does come, it shows key that everything's going to be yeah, okay. The boat's and coming, and that's where the movie ends. And I think that if you have that, the fact that the human project is now that we as a as an audience member as an audience member see that. It's real. It's real. That says that everything's going to be okay. And then the movie ends, which, by the way, the quick thing about the credits. Sure. Music plays, but you hear the sound of children playing. Yeah, right when the the title shows again, there's you can hear children laughing. So it's kind of like, it's almost like maybe a glimpse into the future. Yeah. Like, it's it's very, it's it's very eerie because of, because of the events that have just played. But, but I don't know. that, That glimmer of hope, like, well, maybe because now she made it to this boat, we'll see a better future. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot to analyze oh, man. with, there's a lot to be said about themes and character. Obviously we just talked about like Clive Owen has a very good complete arc. I think. Yeah. He starts as this reluctant hero. He doesn't want to be a part of this. He, he's nonchalant about everything. He doesn't care. He's lost all his motivation, mm-hmm. but through the events and through getting to know key and seeing what's at stake, he just becomes this, this, this beacon of like helping key uh-huh. through all this i think at the end he more so becomes a hero than he was at the beginning yeah, for sure at the beginning yeah he was just regular but then like he did he proved himself worthy that he, he completed his excuse me he completed his task yes and did like he that this because of him can actually change the world he may not he's never going to get to see it but the fact that he knows that maybe it's going to be okay i think that is what made him a hero yeah i and- think and that so that is the part is a really good character arc but i think what really shines other than the story in this movie are the themes presented because i mean you think that you know something like this you can tie it to like you know reflections in ours in our society about uh up like about um war and um uh, immigration and just um oppression and things like that but i think the thing that really shines for me in this movie and the biggest takeaway that I can think of that uh, Alfonso Cuaron and the filmmakers were trying to get across is the theme of faith. Yeah, faith and hope. Exactly. So we already said that Miriam is especially about yeah, and, the... Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and faith doesn't necessarily have to be a religious faith. Just no, faith yeah. Just in general. But obviously, it, yeah, as you were saying, Miriam's character is this beacon of she's the faith. She's the faith in religion. Yeah. Because I think that she... Because she says in, in earlier in the movie when they're at the elementary school and everything's kind of dying down... She says that she was a, she was a nurse at a hospital, and, and when she it was describes her experience mm-hmm. with suddenly women were infertile. Yeah, she had three miscarriages in like a week or something like yeah. that, and so she saw it actually happening in real time. And I think kind of that that is what made her turn to religion to as a way of you know finding hope and faith. In yeah, her. exactly. Um, so she and even when that is taken away from her, I think the overall th- thing about it is Jasper shows that there is hope in people with the human project and key believes that because she's having the baby you know that the human race can be okay right theo has a lack of um faith yes throughout this entire movie you know they he fights with miriam about you know the 
about the prospects of religion mm-hmm. and that everything happens for a reason. So he is he is just a maybe he had faith a little bit when he saw when, Key, but when yeah. Jasper died, he was just like, there's, just there's yeah. So there's no reason for anything about this. No, everything's going to be okay. Like, it's not going to be okay. Yes. But then as you pointed out, as soon as that baby's born, you can see it in his eyes that, like, hope has been reborn in him. Uh-huh. Like, he understands that the world might be okay after all this. Yeah. And children, I think the a child in and of, like, themselves as a being is kind of, uh, is, a, is a symbol of hope mm-hmm. in, you know, in real life and obviously in storytelling that the world may be a better place with this person or that you hope that they are when they're born. Right. So the fact that in society, that is all just gone. You know, obviously with the with legal immigration and just um, imprisonment. The bombings. Everything. There is no hope because there is no, there is no reproduction of hoping that there's something new and better comes along. Right. Someone new or someone better that can come along and fix this. No one, there's, there's nothing yeah. except when we see Key. And and this movie doesn't really focus. It, it is more so. It's not about faith in religion. It is about faith in humanity. Yeah. And the fact that no one rushed Key at the end to get the baby. No one was trying to like hurt them or harm them. Everything stopped. And it was a restoration, if not for a minute. It definitely feels like the baby is kind of an allegory for jesus if we're going to talk about like religious themes uh-huh. kind of like theo and kier mary and joseph you know guiding this baby through uh-huh. and just watching um i mean that's not the only way you can take away from this but it, it does feel like there there is a lot of religion impacting this movie exactly yeah i definitely wouldn't say it's not like it's not like mother where no, it's, no, it's, it's not like a hard set metaphor, no yeah but exactly people, but you could definitely take it away that the themes are present yes and yeah i would say that the the biggest thing if there's a message to take away it's that um, even though there that we are like surrounded by darkness and dark times, and that the the problem may change throughout our journey or throughout our lives, that there is still something that would keep us going, whether it be um religion, which I think is the beauty of religion, that people have that to guide it, them, and it that they can it, it does them help positive, them. Yes, and um, or it could just be a person. It could just be someone in your life or someone that you're yeah. the memory of someone, you know, a friend like Jasper who keeps you going uh-huh. keeps you happy, keeps you positive, keeps you hopeful uh-huh. or the, uh, you know, and even like the baby that the fact that he named that she named him Dylan is kind of the memory of his son, yes. but also the memory of him. So that you have these people to instill in your memory and the memory of them keeps you going in mm-hmm. society. Um, which to me is the best. Do, do you see it that way, or do you have any other way of no, seeing yeah, it? No, yeah, I mean, I agree with all this. Yeah, hope and faith are what guides this movie. And it, it, I think, yeah, in in this society where a lot of people, you know, we see these school shootings, we see all this sadness in our world today. If you can just have hope and faith, it will get through this. You yeah, know, there's always a bright future. And get through it together. Exactly. There's always those people, and even if you know. You know, there's always loneliness, even if you are alone in your own world, very much like the ending. Everyone kind of came together for that moment to be to acknowledge the fact that this beautiful thing had happened. And I think it's it's perfect for is more is definitely more relevant now. But I think in moving forward, this movie will continue to be relevant. Yes, I completely agree. Um, We now get to the the fun part, which is the um, rating of the movie. So just as a reminder. Um, from top to bottom, we do it by metals. So from best to worst, it goes um, platinum, gold, silver, bronze, 
um, participation and disqualification. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to hear your uh, oh, get uh, what award would you give it and why? Right. Um, so my personal rating system, like I do on like a scale of ten, just for my own self. So uh, I don't know where yours cuts off. I would probably give this somewhere in a, between a nine or a ten, which I think would qualify it for platinum. Yeah. I. I, I can't think of many flaws I have with this movie. It's pitch perfect action. Those three like sequences, the the way they're shot, the acting is so great. The writing is so great. The cinematography is, as I said, it's fantastic. It's, uh-huh. it's an all around just phenomenal movie. I, I would go with platinum personally, uh-huh. and I hope everyone gives it this movie. I chance. would, um, I would say that the, if I do have flaws with it, they're nitpicky things. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the green screen is the one thing that I really noticed, but this movie is something that is um that encapsulates you and you it's perfect to just go along with that with that journey and to um you are kind of a character in and of yourself there are many movies where you're an audience member and you're just watching you this movie you feel like you are a part of it right and you are a part of something greater and it it's not something that has an idea but doesn't fall through with it it's not something that i could say like yeah, that's a good concept, but it wasn't well executed, which we see a lot. Um, this movie resonates. It has it has themes, and they're placed well. Everything in this movie is placed well. The timing and the editing yeah, and the this music. This movie never has pacing issues. It's it's just perfect. Yeah, and it's it's there's no boring moments. Nope. And like I said, Emmanuel Lubetsky is is my guy. His cinematography will live on Tough forever. Notch. I have to definitely uh, give this movie a platinum. Ooh. It's pretty close to a perfect movie and yeah. will be one of my favorites forever, I feel like. Me as well. I think it's definitely in my top 20 of all time. I would and agree. Having watched it again just today, like it only solidified it there. You know? Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for our, um, this episode of Frankly Out of Movies. Thanks for being with me, Matt. I really Thank appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Um, so, like I said in the beginning, uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter. Just go look us up. Follow us. Give um, uh, give any feedback you like. I could definitely use it. This is still so new to me, and I'm trying to uh, change as I go. And um, please, obviously, if you'd like, our episodes are available on all podcast networks, including iTunes and our website, orionvalleyproductions.com. Until then, I'm Josh Wall. And frankly, I love movies.